This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We're recording? Okay, welcome everybody to Journey of Life, number eight, based on Erchan Kanievsky's Sefer, Archas Yosher. So tonight's, tonight's topic um, is the topic of kinah, of jealousy. And I have to give a disclaimer that tonight we're not going to necessarily focus on the halacha, Shabbai. So don't take this as a halacha but more on the concept, the idea of the midah, that really is the underlying idea of this. So I'm going to take a little bit of liberty, maybe, to expand on this idea. So again, let's not define this as halacha but let's go from there. So we know the Chazal tell us that there's a few things that are considered moitzian as adam mina elam, that they, they remove a person from life. One of those things is kinah. Being jealous of somebody else, Chazal tell us, is something which removes a person from life. What does that mean? So I, I was thinking, like when not I was thinking, whenever I think of the, that concept, there's a story that jumps into my mind. And I'm going to change some uh, identifying pieces of the story, but this is a true story um, that I was that I was a part of. There was a man who had a very terrible business partnership situation. There were multiple partners and the the partners were basically at each other's throats for close to 10 years. At one point, at one point with some of my involvement, uh, there was one person who was a big part of the Machlekas and I was able to get a meeting with him. I sat down with him. I brought him an opportunity to quote literally verbatim, verbatim he said to me, he said, what's the catch? This this opportunity that you just gave me is an exit ramp from this month like this, 10 years of fighting. And he was like, it's so good. It's like, there has to be a catch. There has to be a catch. And I was there with a different person and we both assured him, there's no catch. There's no trick. There's no nothing. Like This is literally an exit ramp. You can take this and you can move on with your life and you could just sail into the sunset. And he was like, wow. Like, person's face like lit up. Not too long after having a conversation with this person, he asked me, he said, and what about that guy over there? Like that partner, like what is he going to get from this whole thing? So I was very honest. I said, he's going to get, you know, he's going to get this and this, which was very proportionate, not this proportionate. He was going to get this and this. He goes, he's going to walk away from this with that? Absolutely not. Torpedo the whole deal. Let's, let's, let's continue. Let's continue this month like it's 10 years, not enough. Let's just keep going. Every time I think of these words, that kena is mitzin as adam mina ilam, I think of this, this story. Because like, to me, the concept of kena is a very abstract mida. It's a mida that I think most people, if you said to them, have you ever struggled with kena? Maybe we'd say like, once I heard a person won the lottery and I was like, ah, oh, if only that was me. <laughs> no. I think it's a little bit deeper than that. I think the concept of kinah is the mida of looking in somebody else's pocket. Now, of course, when somebody else has, you know, just won the lottery or they, they just got something that you really wanted for and you're davening every day. So then, of course, it's very natural that you're jealous in that moment for very, it's like, it's like very noticeable. But the underlying concept of kinah, if I said to you, what is kinah? To me, it's the mida of you're not samech b'chalkai. Right? A person who has kinah 
they, they don't they don't enjoy what they have. It's not it's not a focus on what they have. They're not looking at their own life and saying, but what did I get out of this deal? But what did I get? What what type of family do I have? What clothing do I have? That's not their focus. Their focus is, but look at their clothing. Look at their horse, right? It's mamish one of the 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 Hasaris right? It's the concept of it's I, I'm constantly looking what does that person have? What do you care what that person has? That mida is how I would define the concept of kinah. It's looking at somebody else just to, just to look. Why are you looking? Of course, if you act, it's, it's a worse avera. Of course, if you... That's not even what I'm talking about. The concept, you're looking. Why are you looking? What is there to see? There's nothing so exciting over there. That mida, interestingly, in the Asara Sadibras, obviously it's the last one, but it's the one that's that 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 the the Tyra is the most myrich, it's the most lengthy one. It's like there's like a whole Megillah over here. It's like be very, 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 very careful here. There's a common theme. This is not that you know, in case somebody wins the lottery, don't be jealous. You're like, okay, fine. <laughs> I, I accept. No. It's it's such a primal thing that people tend to look at other people that it's be careful. This is a very normal thing that we look around at other people's things, all the things that people have, and therefore a person has to be very cautious with this. And Chazal said that somebody who is cautious with this, not only do they enjoy this world, because again, Ezu Asher, you're 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 truly rich because you're focused. In your chilek, your only focus is on your chilek. You don't care about what other people have. So therefore, you enjoy this world. And Chazal talk about many benefits that a person has in the world to come, including many mamari Chazal that talk about that a person's body doesn't decompose if they master this midah. If you master this, a person's body doesn't go through that decomposition, which is obviously very fascinating. But what struck me was that if you think about it, really the entire journey of Jewish history is predicated on the concept, the Midah of Kina. Where do we say this? Where do we say this? So Chazal say that we say this every Pesach and Chagadia. Right at the end of talking about, it says, it's going to sound funny to you, like Chagadia, what Chagadia. Every Pesach, we end off the Seder, the Lala Seder, which is the, the culmination, right? We're talking about like we became a nation, we became a people, we went down to Mitzrayim. We end off with Chadgadia, which we all know is obviously a metaphor. It's a song, of course, and probably people are very tipsy at this point. So they're not really following along the bouncing ball, like who stole what from who. But but if you if you go through the song, you analyze it. It's a very deep muscle, which is really telling you the, the, the origin to the Jewish people and the end to the Jewish people. Meaning if you want to know the whole hekef, the whole entirety of Jewish history, it is summarized in the song of Chadgadia. Why? Because what is the song? Right, let's not sing this together, but let's just go through the words, right? Chagadia, Chagadia, right? The Zabin Abba Bitrezuze, Chagadia. What is that referring to? It's referring to two goats that Yaakov went into Yitzchak in order to get the brachas. Hashem came to Avram and he said to him, You are going to hold the key to bracha in this world and it's yours and you can pass it on to whichever child you want. And he said, Great, I have Yishmael and I have Yitzchak and I love both of them equally, but I, I'm going to give it to Yitzchak. And then Yitzchak said, okay, I have two sons, Yaakov and Esau, and I think I'm going to give it to Esau. And Rivka came along and was like, eh, I don't think so. She came up with her whole plan, and Yaakov went in, and he brought two goats. 
That was the Chad Gadya. Those two Chad Gadya were those two goats, the Zab and Abba that he got from his father, Yitzchak, betrayed Zuzay. Got it. He got it. Again, we, we'll talk about the value different time. He went ahead and he got those two goats. That's what gave him the bracha, who was jealous. Esav. Esav is going to come back into the scene later on with Galas Edom, the final Galas, right? So Esav starts with being jealous, chases Yaakov, starts this whole history of Yaakov running away, going to Lavan, having his children. He has a whole bunch of children, and then a bunch of his sons are very jealous. Why? Because Yaakov selects one of his sons, and he gives him Kasainas Pasim, and he says, you're going to be the one that I'm going to bestow all the brachas onto. It's going to be you, Yitzchak, right? So what is the next What is the next part of Chad Gadya? It says, Asa Shunra, a cat came along. Cat is the mida of jealousy, and that refers to the brothers. And the brothers came along, and they wanted. They were jealous. They said, "It's not fair. Why should it go to you? Why should it go to Yosef? It should go to us. And why him? It should go to Yehuda. It should go to Reuven. He's the Bachar. He's the Melech." And they started arguing about this. And from there, we went down to Mitzrayim. And then the Kalba was Paroi. And then the Mata that was Moshe Rabbeinu's Mata. And if you follow through the whole thing, it basically lays out that the whole, entire history of the Jewish people was predicated on this concept, this Mida of Kenna, of people looking at what somebody else had, not just jealousy. Of course, it's jealousy, but it's somebody not focusing on what they have, rather looking on what somebody else has. And that concept, says Rechaim Kanievsky, is so dangerous that a person in their own house has to be very careful that they don't make this mida, this concept, a reality. So Rechaim Kanievsky was known that he used to give his granddaughters sedurim for their bas mitzvah, when they would bas mitzvah. So they would turn 12, give them a, a, a siddur. So one day he called one of his granddaughters, who was already around 14, 15 years old, and he asked her to come to the house and to bring her sitter to the house. So she came in and she brought her sitter. She didn't know why he wanted it, but he said, could I have your sitter? Yeah, she gave it to him and he opened it up. And then he opened up an identical sitter and he copied word for word the inscription that he gave the older one he gave to her. So she asked him what's that? So he said, I want to make sure that the two of you are not going to start comparing and say, well, Zadie wrote, you know, Nechmadi and whatever, little words, cute words. I I want to make sure nobody here thinks that they're preferred over the other one. Equal footing. Because, right, the Zabin Abba today with a small amount of money, and that's what Chazal say, the small amount of money that Ksenia's Pasim cost Yaakov was really the thing that caused Kal Yisrael to go down to Mitzrayim. And therefore, a person has to be very, very cautious about this concept and this midah of kina, because kina is something which is mitzian as adam mina ilam. Now, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, what's like the root of it? Like, where does it come from? Why is it that there's some people who seem to be very happy? Like, they're naturally sameach b'chalkai. They don't talk a lot about other people. And then you see other people, and I think now that we understand that the midah is a little bit more uh, broad than we may have thought originally, I think many of us can relate to people like this that they're constantly talking about other people. Like, this. oh, did you see this guy got a new car? Did you see this guy's this? This guy's schwager? This guy's schwager, schwager? Like, you notice, like, people just, like, constantly talking about other people, like, what they have, what they got, what they bought, what they did, another deal, another deal. It's like, what's going on over here? Like, why is it that some people are so focused on talking about other people? Why? Why is that? And and, and it, like, struck me. I think that there's there's a number of reasons for this from a from a... I'll call it from a shallow place to maybe a more deeper place. So I think the first concept, which is a simple concept, is that some people are very, very shallow. They're very vain. Very simple. And they find a lot of enjoyment in life 
in talking, I always say, I don't want to say which two cities I talk about, but I always say that there's a difference between two cities, Hamevin um, Yavin, that there's one city where I know there's a lot of people that talk about their own money. And there's another city that people talk about other people's money. Right? So it's like, it's amazing that both cities talk about money. Just in one place, they just like talking about everyone else's money. Why? Why is that such a, such a excitement? And the answer is because people have an excitement when they talk about money. I mean, they have an excitement to them. It's a value when somebody else has something. It's a value when they have something. They talk about their coat. They talk about things which to them are, are, are like, wow, did you see this? Did you see my car? It's an eight-cylinder, nine-volt battery. I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're so excited about showing off this thing. Like, wow, this is, this is, wow, yeah. Yeah, it's like a status. It's like a certain thing. Like, what? Like, I think that that's like the Shirish. The Shirish is that a person... Their, their value system is on things that are so shallow that it, there's an excitement of talking about something else. Meaning to say, there's a concept, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, the concept of kina seifram. Kina seifram is something that it's, it's, it's praiseworthy. A person should be jealous of talking. Did you see that guy? He's such a tzaddik, such a tamachakam. That guy gives so much tzedakah. That's beautiful. That, that concept of looking at other people for a purpose, that's wonderful. Looking at other people just for the shallow, shallowness, Shabbai, that's, that's, that's this midah. What are you doing? What are you looking at? Rechaim Kenyaski brought down when he, and he got a new suit. So obviously it was a big deal because they had absolutely no money. So he went to the Chazanesh with, who was his uncle and he had a Shaila. His Shaila was, do I have to make a, a Shechiyonu on my suit? So the Chazanesh said, you got a new suit? Of course, you make a, you make a bracha. He said, the truth is, no, it doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> I can't see making a bracha. It doesn't do anything. So the Chazanesh said, fine. So then that's the case. Then take a new fruit and you'll make a bracha on the fruit because Chazal say you get a new fruit, you didn't eat it, then you should do it. So he was like more excited by the fact that like I'm eating the Ebishter's fruit, which I didn't eat in more than a year, so I'll make a shachianu, more than a suit, which in those days getting a new suit was like winning the lottery. That, that was his asagas. The asagas was, what does it mean? I got a new suit, I'm going to shul and I'm like, hey, look at the inside, the outside, the, the dick. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? It's such a shallowness. It's so petty. It's so low. That's the concept of kinna. Now, it, it struck me that really, 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 if you break it down, it's the concept of a person not being happy with themselves. If you really want to get deep, the concept of being jealous. And when I say jealous, it means having an eye for other people's things is really the idea that a person is not happy with themselves. They're not happy with their own life. They're not happy with their own family. They're not happy with their own wife, with their own slave, with their own shidcha. They're not happy with all these things. So they're constantly looking at other people to see what do those people have. I once heard a beautiful, amazing concept from Rabbi David Foreman. He has this, it really blew my mind. He talks about how the Aseris HaDibris are structured in a very unique way. It's not a list of 10 commandments. It's five and five. And we know that these are Ben Adam and these are Ben Adam But he says, if you correlate one and six and two and seven and three and eight and four and nine and five and 10, you find that there's a correlation between the two. And the correlation between number five and number 10 is a very strong correlation. What is the correlation of number five? What is number five? Anybody know? Number five, right? It's kibbutz of aim, right? A person has to honor his parents. Why? Because your parents brought you into this world. They gave you life. Your life has meaning. Your life has purpose. Your life has value. Therefore, the people who gave that to you, you have to respect them. What's the concept of leisachmaith? Leisachmaid means that you really don't believe that your life has much value. You really don't believe that your things have value. Your ideas have value. You, you just don't believe it. 
So you're always looking to see what other people have. And you look in other people's pockets, that makes you much happier about yourself. And I think that that's really the underlying idea of, 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 of this concept, that a person's looking in other people's because they're simply not happy with themselves. But, like we said, there is an idea of kinesayfrim. And what is kinesayfrim? That a person looks at other people's lives and they're jealous. So why is that okay? So Rechaim talks about this idea and he says, it's okay to be jealous, meaning to say that you love this person and you're so happy for this person. But this person is now a motivation for you to want this in your own life. For example, you look at somebody else and this person gives a lot of tzedakah. You look at this person, you go, wow, that's amazing. I'm so happy that this person taught me a new level of giving tzedakah. I would have not been so motivated. They told me how to do this. And I'll tell you what struck me. This is what struck me. What struck me was that in our lives, in a certain sense, we have two levels of things, okay? On the one hand, we have things that are within our control to have, to get. And if I said to you, think of something that you were jealous of somebody else in the last few weeks. Now, again, it doesn't mean you like have to buy something that you didn't want to buy or that you bought something for a status. I'm not even talking that low. I'm talking about something that you just simply, you were thinking like, oh, wow. Oh, wow, that, that person, whatever it is. It could be a talent. It could be, it could be they, they can do graphic design or they could sing or, or they make a lot of money. Any of those things, right? I'm sure everybody here could relate to that, that we've had those moments where you look at somebody and you go, wow. And I'm not talking from like an admiration place, which let's even talk that it was from an admiration place. You looked at this person and you went like, wow, she could sing. He could sing. He's so talented, right? Any of those things, right? Wow, this person's so rich, right? Look look at what the car they drive. Any of those things, right? If you think about it, that really is in your control to get. Not today, not tomorrow. But if you really put in effort, go spend 10,000 hours singing. You'll learn how to sing. You should know many people who are, who are professional singers could not really sing when they were younger. They don't have a natural talent. They developed it. Many artists, they were not born artists. They developed it over many, many years. People who are wealthy usually spent many years, grueling, grueling, grueling years, building up their companies and their brands and their recognition and, and, and their scalability and their understanding. Elon Musk, guy hasn't left his office in years. People are jealous of the guy, $150 billion. You're jealous of the $150 billion. You're jealous of the outcome of his effort you want that for free? That doesn't make any sense. He he killed himself. Yes, he's the smartest man alive, et cetera, et cetera. He has an advantage to other people. But the work ethic is there. Almost always the work ethic is there. And it struck me that so many people, they talk about what other people have and they sort of want it for themselves without wanting to put in the effort every single day. And I think that really, if you, if you want to, if you want to get a little deep on this Mida, the Mida is, is that you, you don't believe in yourself. You're not motivated yourself to take real accountability. How often do you see somebody else, something happened and the person re- reacted in a very calm manner? Or they, 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 they let something go. They didn't get upset about something. You go, wow. What that tells you is that somebody could achieve a certain level. Stop saying, wow, go home, look in the mirror and say, I can do that too. Why can't you do that just like they did that? We have to adopt the attitude. Keep it of an aim is the idea that you're put into this world and you have unlimited potential. 
Why are we looking at everybody else's fulfillment of their potential? To a certain degree, they've achieved something. And then we look at ourselves and we go, ah, nothing special. Why nothing special? Because you didn't wake up a calm person. You didn't wake up a person that was just magnanimous and generous and wealthy and wise and talented. Guess what? None of these people did either. It's all the people that are looking at other people succeed and they have this mida. I'll call it jealousy because it's not that you want it. You know you're not going to get it. You're not getting it from scrolling on TikTok. The more people you look at, the more miserable you are about yourself. But you're not facing the reality that you have the ability to have all the things that these people have. If you put down your phone and you actually got to work, and you built a business, you built a brand, you sat in base medrash, you started giving stuff, you started learning about yourself, your own mitos, you went to therapy, you worked with your issues. You can become that person that you're so jealous of. You can. 99% of the time, you can. We just don't believe that we can. We don't want to believe in our own ability to work, to push our own limits, to sleep less, to put in more effort. So therefore, we look at these people and we're like, wow. You know what gives me Sipuk? Talking about that person. What? Why are you talking about that person? Why are they not talking about you? You have the ability to become just as great as them, just as rich as them, just as talented as them. They only got there because they killed themselves. Any great violin player spent thousands of hours, bloody fingers, to get to the level that you're going, wow. So it's very easy to go, wow. But what does that say? It says, if you don't want to be a violin player, then just admire the person. Great. But when it becomes a feeling, it goes, oh my gosh, like a pain. That little pain, that's jealousy. That's real jealousy. That's where it goes from looking to wanting. I want it. Oh, you want it. You don't want to put in the effort though. That's where there's a change. It starts with the look and then it grows into the pain. And I was thinking to myself simply that I think we have so much more ability then we give ourselves credit for. And therefore, we're looking at all these people who have success. We're not seeing the sweat. We're not seeing the grind. Any, any, any professional sports player, this guy's put in years. It's all they do. Years. I remember I was once in Scranton. My wife is from Scranton. We were in the, the JCC, the you know, Jewish, whatever it's called. Yeah. And there was a very not Jewish looking individual there. And he was there with a coach. And he was, I think it was, he was trying out for football. That is massive gym. And this guy is having him run drills. And this guy looked like, he, he looked like he stepped out of like a marble statue. He was, he was shredded. He could, um, this guy was jumping to the moon. Okay. He's running back and forth, catching like a little ball that's being fired across the gym, like his hand-eye coordination. It's running drills back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I'm watching this guy and I was laughing. I was like, I'll probably never hear of this guy. He'll probably not even make it in the professional sports world. This guy's killing himself. It's all he's doing all day long. Probably not going to make it. You know, the chances of making it to like the NBA, the major leagues, whatever, one in a billion. Like, like the amount of people who've made it, literally, like the top of the top of the top of the top. This guy's spending his whole day like trying to get to this level. Chances are this guy's not going to make it. He could try, most likely not, right? Most players barely get to like division one basketball, the next division, minor leagues, single A, double A. They barely like, really like make it there. 
we're sitting there like we're admiring a person who's like putting in like this work and we're like yeah it's taco amazing this guy could throw a ball this guy could dunk dunk a basketball we're looking at like the best of the best but do you realize the work that goes in to achieve that level it's unbelievable of course there's natural talent it's unbelievable they live and breathe their expertise and so often we're focused on that the concept that this person achieved this without recognizing the effort that goes into it and then there's the second part of this, which, which I think is very positive, which is a lot of things are just simply beyond our control. Let's let's call it what it what it is, right? It's beyond our control. A person, whether it's children or shidduchim, or it could even be parnasa, it could be a lot of things that just simply being withheld from a person, because why? So where does our brain go? Anger, resentment, jealousy, right? Why did she get this shidduch? It should have been me. Why did she get this baby? It should have been me. Why did she... It's looking at other people's heckle and saying, but what about me? And the reality is, is that that shirish, the root of that, I think is very simple. It's the concept that a person recognizes that everything that you need in your life to fulfill your tafkid, you have. Everything. Yaakov Avinu said it the best. He's talking to Esav, who's jealous of him. And Asa says, Yeshli Rav, I have a lot. And Yaakov says, Yeshli Kol, I have everything. This was the man who went back for the Pachim Ketanim, for these small jugs. Because Yaakov recognized that even small jugs, even a fork in your draw, every single thing in your life is helping you fulfill your purpose in this world. And if you look at everything that you have in your life, that's what Hashem wants you to have right now. If you needed something different, it will come your way. Of course, there's tefillah, and it could unlock the thing that's being held back. And of course, there's, there's, there's segulas, and there's all these things that can unlock things. But a person who's a real maimon does not even look at somebody else's life in a way that says, wow, you have that? You're so wholesome. You're so, you're so genuine. You're looking at yourself, and you're saying, Ezu Asher, who's rich in life? Not in money, in life. The only thing that's in my Dalit Amas, the only thing that's, that my eye catches, it's what I have. That's what I need. Do I want more? Sure. We could all want more. We could daven for Hashem to expand our boundaries. But understanding that when we're looking at other people's lives and that's what's making us miserable, it's beyond our control and it's not a very wise way to, to live life. Now, I, I'm, I'm debating if I should end with the story. It's not such a great story. Um, it's an incredible story, powerfully, but it's not such a happy story. So we're going to have to get into a happy mood uh, and before we say this story, just to be able to, to hear this story. And I was telling this to my wife, my wife said, what does it have to do with jealousy? But I think after building this up, I think it's very, very clear. The story goes as follows. You'll forgive me if I say a story. It's not so happy, but it's still, it's a true story. And it's, it's, I think it's a life-changing story. The story goes like this. It was a developer. A guy who, his job was to oversee projects in Eretz Yisrael. And he got a call from an individual who told him, you should know, that there's a group coming in that is going to start a whole construction project, massive amount of buildings, investing tremendous amount of money. And we're looking for somebody who's good at managing projects. His job is going to be to oversee this whole project. And if you want to put your name in for a candidacy, you come highly recommended. And it'll take you from wherever you go, where you are now to a different place in life, for sure. This guy looked into this company, so they were like really, really serious. So he's like, yeah, absolutely. Sent in his resume. They came back. Congratulations. Here's a few people that are selected for interview. If you want the job, this and this date, 9 a.m., make sure you're in this and this office. Make sure you're here. There's a no problem. 
He's telling his wife, he's telling his kids, he's telling his friends, he's nervous, he's excited. He's like, if I get the job, I'll be the wealthiest guy in the world. It's getting closer to the day, the night before, he could barely sleep. Literally, he's like shaking. He's like, okay, I'm getting up extra early. I'm going to make sure like I have guests, you know, in the car. Like he's, he's so excited for this opportunity. That morning, he gets up bright and early. He's like, tells his wife, like, okay, don't talk to me. Don't bother me. Don't call me. No, nothing. Goes to Davin. He's like, I'm, I'm hitting the road. She's like, it's only like a half hour drive. He's like, I know, I know, but it, I'm leaving early. I want to make sure I'm there. First, you know, presentation, meeting, everything has to go well. He's so nervous. He's so excited. Gets into his car. His car doesn't start. <laughs> he's like, oh gosh. He runs. He gets his neighbor. He's like, help me. Got to get down here. The neighbor comes running down. The guy starts helping him with his car. It takes him like 15, 20 minutes. Finally, he gets his car started. He hits the road. He's driving like 100 miles an hour. He gets onto the highway. Stand still traffic. He's like, oh my goodness. He like can't handle this. So he's like, okay. Um, eh, eh, it's here, there. Okay. I'm taking a side street. He gets off. He goes into like totally different direction. He knows the streets. And he starts flying down like an empty street. He's going really, really fast. And as he gets to like a certain street, which is totally empty, no cars, nothing. A guy jumps out and like waves him down. So he's like, oh, some guy, like, get out of the street. I don't have time for you. And the guy's like really like waving him down. So he slows his car down. He rolls down his window and he's like, yeah, like, what do you want? So the guy says, oh, I'm so happy you came. You see, it's like a deserted street. He's like, someone was hit by a car around the corner and we call the ambulance, but they said it's going to be like half hour, 45 minutes till they get here. You know, are, you're here like maybe you could like pull around the corner we'll put the guy in your car you'll take him to the hospital and you know like we just like we need help we have no other choice so the guy's like guy got hit by a car around the corner the guy's like yeah it, it was a hit and run the guy came flying by hit this person it's it's like it's it's like like really like you know can you help us out so the guy's like he's like looking at his clock he's like uh no i can't help you out the guy's like come on just just like just just help it'll take he's like you don't understand it's not a good day for me. I'm sorry. And he just heads out. Now, as he's driving his meeting, he had a lot of regret because he actually was a trained EMT. So he was like, okay, he's like, I probably could have gone and helped, but Lamaisa, whatever. This guy will figure it out. Like, it's his problem. I'm going. He goes to the meeting. He gets to the meeting. He goes running upstairs. He's there, pulls himself together. He's like, I'll deal with my conscience later. That's it. Goes into the meeting. They're like, hi, how are you? They start talking. All of a sudden, his phone starts blowing up. And they're like, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. It's his wife calling over and over and over. He's getting text after text after text. So finally, he picks up the phone. He's like, I'm in the meeting. His wife's hysterical. She's like, get to this hospital now. He's like, oh, oh what happened? She's like, Dude, I can't talk now. Here's like, everyone's screaming and yelling. Puts on his phone. He's like, I'm sorry, guys. I got to go. He runs downstairs, gets into his car drives to the hospital. They come to the hospital. They come to the floor. And they tell him, you know, really sorry to tell you, but your son was hit by a hit and run driver this morning. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't make it. And as the police officer is telling him information, he's like, yeah. He's like, there was a bystander there. And he called, you know, called 911. And there was such a delay that he literally ran around trying to find somebody to try to stop somebody to just pick up this kid and put him in the car just to drive him to a hospital. He said there was only like one guy and the guy wouldn't stop. So he really feels bad, but you know, he did everything that he could. Sometimes in our life, 
we focus, it's not just on jealousy of other people. It's jealousy of status. It's taking the next step. It's, it's not being happy with who you are. It's not being grounded. It's not being centered. It's not having your values in the right place. It can lend the person to do things, to push them, to motivate them, to go places that they otherwise wouldn't go. I know it's a sad story. It like struck me. I was like, well, like there's no recovering from that. Person made a choice. His choice was not that he was jealous and he needed his neighbor and he wanted that. No, he wanted the next step. He wanted to jump. He wanted to go in that direction where, yeah, it's going to change my life. That, that I don't want to call it shallowness because, you know, he did his ashtablas, but there was a moment. There was a brief moment where he was presented with a fork in the road. A brief moment. And unfortunately, in this case, it was a very hard choice, but he made the left turn, you know. He went down a certain path. And the bottom line is, is that the concept of kinah is a person who's really internally happy. They have a certain confidence that who they are, their decisions, their boundaries, their smarts, their talents, their money, their family, everything that they have that has a purpose, it has a time, it's valuable, it's chashav, it's good, it's enough. They're not constantly running and trying to find something else. And I will tell you something. A lot of people, I'm sure you're familiar with this, the concept of retail therapy, right? Where we go out and we buy things just to make us feel good. I think that as people get older, actually it gets worse. The toys just change, but <laughs> the dollar signs just grow bigger and bigger. It's not any different. You know, when you're younger, maybe it's a pint of ice cream when you have some sort of disappointing day. As you get older, you know, it's the cars, it's the code, it's the status. It's, it's, it just keeps growing. And the concept of kina is that a person looks inward rather than looking outward. Because when a person looks outward, unless they're doing it for a very clear purpose, motivation, 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 but even motivation, it means that you believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, then you can look around for other motivation to push you further in life. But if you're not, and you're just looking around just to feel good about somebody else, what they have, and to give you that little ping, that's the concept of kina. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.